Cuisine Bites with Kelly Brett. Everything you'll ever need to know about food. You know, if we really wanted it to, perhaps the act of sharing food could allow us to cross any and all boundaries of religion and race. Maybe food can actually fix this problem. Maybe food, rather than just giving money or just uh, uh, being with demons, maybe actually we can actually sit down and say, hey, can we come and share uh, a moment and, and share a piece of bread? Our philosophy or our belief when you share a piece of food with someone, as soon as you put the same hand in the same bowl, you no longer get enemies. Cuisine Bites. I'm Kelly Brett and welcome to Cuisine Bites, where we take you beyond the pages of our beautiful magazine to explore the stories behind our food and drink. Earlier this year, on March 15, two terrorist attacks at mosques in Christchurch left us in shock on what our Prime Minister rightfully called one of New Zealand's darkest days. We were outraged at the horror and the cruelty and the injustice. And yet the undeniable effect of the aftermath of this tragedy is that we've started to think about how we can as individuals within a diverse cultural community be more curious and inclusive. We didn't know about each other. It's time now to learn from each other and share the moment and be one main, maybe many communities, but the slogan is many community, one nation. And, and, and this, is, this is the start to look into the future. So the job is never going to be finished. A little over 10 weeks on from the attacks, I guess it's human nature that the shock is no longer as raw. Our emotions have, for the most part, settled and we get on with our busy lives. So perhaps now's a good time to highlight some of the outstanding work that's been done by our hospitality community far and wide to support the Christchurch victims and their families. And look at taking some next steps towards building a better community through food that might help to heal and unite us in understanding and respect. Coming up, you'll hear from Christchurch chef and restaurateur Simo Abari, and also from Attica's Ben Shuri, who's mounting his own campaign to unite through the sharing of food. But first, in the days following the attacks, restaurateurs Chand and Sid Sarawat gathered together some of Auckland's most respected hospitality professionals to mount a charity event through a massive exercise in collaboration. If you think back, I think you'll agree that most of us will remember where we were when those first reports of the attacks started coming through. So there are a few times in your life when you remember staring at the TV with absolute shock horror. I think one of the times I remember is when 9-11 was happening and I was a teenager and I sat up all night staring at the horror. And I think another one was the 15th of March because that horror had actually come home. And I never expected that to happen in New Zealand. Sid and I come from India and we kind of desensitized there to terrorism, but not in New Zealand. So we sat all of Friday staring in shock horror. The next morning I was in tears um, because we just, it, you have to process the grief and what's happened. And the next thing you, is, what can I do? So Sid and I asked ourselves, what can we do to help? We're sitting all the way up in Auckland. What is it that we can do that is tangible enough to make a difference? And Sid said, let's do um, a luncheon. I rang up uh, Mark Gregory and Sophie Gilmore from Dynate and said, can we switch Dynate on for the month and raise some funds? And we decided to do the lunch um, to raise as much money as we could. Sid set a goal of 100000 and happily we have achieved that. Mm. And more. And Sid, so what was the idea behind the event? Because it wasn't just about the French Café? 
Well, I think for me, it was um, I was looking at a lot of social media that morning, and everyone was like, "Oh, you know, this is so bad, so bad." And but I said, we need to make a bigger impact than just write something on social media saying this is not good for the country. And uh, with the kind of people we have working in our teams in all three restaurants, I thought that it would be a very big th um, call. I, I, th I thought it would make sense for all of us to come together, all different na uh, nationalities, different walks of life, to come and cook together to raise money for all the people in need. Sid and Chand invited co-owner of Auckland's 1947 eatery, Arib Taimuri, to speak at this event. Arib lost two cousins and a very close friend in Christchurch, who had gone along to their mosque to pray on the Friday, as they always do, and their lives ended. They were shot while they prayed. I want you to hear Arib's heartfelt words at the opening of the Auckland Charity Auction. We all have our own story of when it happened. For me, I finished my Friday prayers and briefly joined the school kids on Queen Street for the climate change protest. Walked back to work to find the first article of hearing a gunshot at the Al Nur Mosque. I thought to myself, must be an altercation of some sort. And the media is just blowing it out of proportion in a race to capture audience traffic. I didn't think of it much at that stage, not because we are used to gunshots in New Zealand, but only because something like this is just unheard of in our beautiful country. As more articles started to flow in and the death toll suddenly had figures, worry started to set in. I frantically started to call people I know in Christchurch. I could get through to some, I couldn't get through to others. The picture was gruesome from the people I spoke in Christchurch. Some friends who escaped the massacre were hysterical. For the first time, I knew more than what the media was telling us. One of the victims, my cousin Faraj, decided to work from home that day. And as he felt he wanted to spend some time with his four-year-old daughter and six-month-old son, he only left to the mosque at around 1pm, promising his daughter that they will be heading to the park once he's back from the mosque. His 24-year-old wife mentioned their daughter, who generally is a happy kid, was very upset that day for the first time when dad was going to the mosque. Faraj walked to the mosque and never returned to fulfil the promise he had made to his daughter. He was missing for two days, finally being pronounced amongst the victims who passed away on Sunday night that weekend. That weekend was very heavy, as we counted the people we knew who were part of the victim list and still searching for those who were just not confirmed initially. Yeah, from all that, good things come from tragedy. Yeah, light only comes from darkness. Something amazing happened that weekend. Kiwis across the country and overseas started fighting this event of utter hate with love and compassion. From beautiful messages to people filling into mosques for solidarity. This was unseen and unheard of for the last 18 years since 9-11. We were alienated for far too long and even for us as Muslims, it was something very new. I realized how important it is to capture this moment of change and show it to the children of my family. The most important life lesson they could learn from, which the world might not repeat again, we, as a country, defeated terrorism without firing a single bullet. Live the quote, love defeats hate, practically. We came together as one society and showed solidarity. Sometimes 
being such a small country helps. While a bigger country would have gone to pointless wars, we gathered around and found solutions. I took my son to Christchurch and we both came back as different people, not just because of the 50 funerals we had attended, but the real taking was the love, support, and as my little one calls it, a million hugs he received in Christchurch. It's utterly sad that New Zealand had to lose 50 lives for us to be more inclusive with each other. But the best thing is, the started trend of love and compassion shouldn't end. This should carry on, not just for us, but for the generations to come, so they can reject hate and hug compassion a million times over. Let their lost lives not go in vain and get back to our corners. Let their, let their lives be the reason we are an inseparable society. So next time a terrorist, may he, she be of any ideology, cannot see winning in with their hateful plans. Before I finish, I just want to leave you all with a beautiful message from Prophet Muhammad. A combined society is in their mutual kindness, compassion and sympathy are just like one body. When any part of the body suffers, the whole body feels the pain. So let's all feel the pain for the people that had lost their lives and be inclusive and help today with this auction. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. Twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-three hundred in the middle of the room. Who'll give me twenty-four hundred? Two thousand four hundred. Two four, I've got. Who'll give me two two five? I've got. Will you go to six? There was incredible support from chefs, restaurateurs, producers and suppliers to make this special event happen at Sit at the French Cafe. The auction alone featured private dining with rock star chefs Ben Bailey, Michael Meredith and Sid, luxury accommodation packages at Craggy Range Winery, Sky City Spa packages with restaurants such as Baduzzi and The Grove, a luxury lunch on Waiheke at Tantalus Estate, Cafe Hanoi, San, the Blue Breeze Inn, Woodpecker Hill, Apero, Depot, Fed Deli, Japo, Hello Beastie, La Fuente, Monsoon Poon, Paris Butter, Phil's Kitchen, Prego Vivace, 1947 Eatery, Cassia, way too many to mention them all. But that auction list served up a generous offering. I'll be selling at 3,400. Going once at 3,400. Going twice. I'm selling now $3,400. Thank you very much. A lot of people, you know, we, we all can just do something small in our own way, but when we all come together, it's so beautiful because the impact is so large. And for me, I keep thinking about what this one gunman did. He did it on his own. And that's why what he did was a little bit of negativity, but it's raised so much love. When we reached out, there, every single restauranteur we reached out to in Auckland reached back out and said, look, this is what I can do. For our staff, I mean, they cannot donate thousands of dollars, but they can donate time. And in their own little way, them donating time to this event, it was just beautiful because how much money we raised was such a, it's created such a big impact and it will create such a big impact and make a real difference. On our own, we wouldn't have been able to raise 100,000. Having everyone in Auckland Hospitality come together is how we've been able to achieve that. The donations of prizes were, I have to say, who did you end up having to go and cook dinner for? It's one of our regulars. His <laughs> name is Matthew Pringle, and he's been a very loyal supporter for almost 10 years now. So he, um, they, they bid for 
at, at lunch or dinner. I think they went for twelve thousand, so that was really cool. Yeah. So but good. also one another thing that has to be um, um, really made a point of is our, our suppliers and producers. They were amazing. A lot of them, I called them and I just said, oh, "This is what we're planning to do. Can you donate the food so we can do a hundred percent proceed back to um, victim support?" And they were like, they didn't even ask any questions. They just said, "What do you need? Mm-hmm. What do you need?" And even like a lot of them are very small producers, so. You know, when you ask for 85 puzons or a, a box of butter plus, 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 um, they're like, you know, it's, it's, not a, it's not a small amount for 150 mm. guests, but yeah. no questions asked, nothing. Mm, quite incredible. Yeah. And who were the people in the room that actually bought tickets? Were you surprised by who was in the room? Yeah, I think it was a really good mix. There was a lot of regular diners. There was a lot of uh, hospitality. Hosp- hospitality people, people from Sky City, people from... Um, um, like a lot of wine suppliers as well. So people who wanted to support the cause are regular. The same person I was talking to, he bought a table of 30. So that's, you know, that's seven, wow. seven and a half thousand dollars straight on, yeah. on just the ticket sales, you know. I've never been one to take such generosity or see such generosity. And it's amazing. It just, it brings you, it's really humbling to see how much love and generosity we have when when it's needed yeah and as you said what we can do when we all come together yeah, yeah. and then people like maria and jane they you know it was a big event to organize just like for me just to say let's do a charity lunch and i just had to organize the food and just. The, the logistics you know <laughs> but for them to organize the full auction the catalog the configuration all the other logistics is, is a lot of work and even from simone's point of view Initially, I just said, oh, I think we should do 100 people because I thought that's probably about the fit. And he just was, um, you know, very creative with the configuration. Then he's like, oh, if we do 50 more, we can raise X amount more. And that's just fantastic to see. You know, no one took the easy way out. Everyone was was looking at the right cause, you know. And then um, later on on that night, the night before, we realized we needed more tables, more chairs, more cutlery, more crockery, but no one flinched an eyebrow. Everyone was just like, let's make it happen. Yeah. Mm. And because it was all charity, we had to ask for as much help as possible. So suppliers were bringing their vans, staff were bringing their vans. So that was, uh, it was beautiful. So most important thing, who wants to tell me the wash up? How, what, what exactly was the, the big number? So we did 122,245,000 from the event itself, but we'd also been collecting for Dine Aid uh, to pass on to victim support. Um, we put $2 on every bill on every night for the month of April from all three restaurants. And I think that's a nationwide um, initiative. So there will be a lot more collected that mm. would be passed mm. on. The final figures haven't come in. As you can imagine, there are a whole lot of restaurants around the country collecting. And so Dinette will have a, a significant amount to now donate to victim support. Cuisine Bites. Restaurants around New Zealand have provided an incredible amount of support for the Christchurch victims and their families. Dine Aid spokesperson Sophie Gilmore confirmed at the time of recording this podcast that the total raised for victim support was $157,803. Of that, $122,000 was raised by Sid and Chan Sarawat's fundraiser. The remaining $35K was raised by more than 100 restaurants right across the country. Meanwhile, as the New Zealand community dealt with the shock and rallied to support the victims and families, one of New Zealand's most loved chefs, Ben Shuri, was watching events unfold from afar. You know, initially um, we heard about it when we were coming back from um, New York, we were coming through 
Los Angeles Airport on our way back to um, on the way on, on the way back to Melbourne on the day that it happened, the fifteenth, which is my birthday, fifteenth um, of March, and um, it didn't even feel remotely real, you know. Mm. Like I, I almost, I'm not sure that I even knew how to react initially, and then when we got home, and you know, I was talking to family and friends in New Zealand regularly about it, and um, and then started talking to the New Zealand community here as well, the chef community. Um, you know, it really started to sink in a few days after and just that feeling of grief and horror and um, feeling like I think one of the main things for me personally was, um, you know, beyond the tragedy um, and the attack um, was, you know, having been in America before and, uh, before September 11th and after September 11th, you know, people were like very um, friendly towards me. Just directly after it, I just found that people's attitudes towards me were different as a foreigner, and um, mm. and I just felt like that that really wounded them, uh, wounded the country, and obviously it did. I mean, but it changed their psyche a little bit. And one of the things that I've always valued most about being a New Zealander and growing up in New Zealand is that feeling of inclusiveness that the country has. They're very, very, very good at welcoming people, and um, and I was really scared that this that you know, would happen after this, um, this this attack was that people in New Zealand would be less welcoming to outsiders and less trusting because that's what I saw happen in America. So I, I wanted to kind of do something just you know to remind people here in the community here, but also in Melbourne um, that that's not the way. But then of course as soon as I started to talk to my parents and I talked to Mark Limaker a lot and Mark and Helen Limaker in Wellington and um, and friends over there and everyone was telling us stories about how the country, you know, had bonded together and was coming together and, you know, um, the stories of um, Sikh people guarding Muslim Muslim temples and um, that that's just amazing. Yeah, that, that was my main concern, though, when it immediately happened. And so I believe that you were out on the street selling hugs. How did that come? When I came up with the idea for the bake sale, I worked with my partner, Kyle, in the restaurant, and I said to Kylie, look, we've just got to do something. You know, like, I don't know exactly what to do. Um, I think we should do a bake sale and a bunch of friends and see if they want to do items to sell. Um, and then I thought, you know, 3,800, 3,700 baked goods to sell. How are we going to sell them? So um, <laughs> so I did, that day I did our, um, the first ever press release that Attica's ever done, um, which is pretty funny if you think about that. After, um, all, uh, after all of that time, yeah. 14 years, yeah. yeah. Um, so there was some pretty surprised people to get a, a message, I suppose, um, around Melbourne um, from me. Mm. And um, furthermore to that, um, Pat Nurse um, from Melbourne Food and Wine said, listen, why don't you come down to the River Grays on Saturday and sell hugs and promote your event. We'll put, you know, we'll give you a stall and, um, and um, you know, we can. It was an opportunity to to, to get some photos as well for um, for media to use to promote the event and, um, and get some talkability. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we stood in stood in the middle of Melbourne um, for three hours and heckled people into buying hugs and um, we sold a thousand dollars worth of hugs. So that was a good start. Um, you're so lucky and, that uh, um, that I wasn't there with my partner Vanessa Ben. We would have been right in there. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you're a very brave man. Uh, yeah, it was it was pretty fun. Uh, <laughs> Gary McBean, who's um, who's our butcher, is just honestly, Kelly, one of the most wonderful humans you'll ever come across. Um, 
he was down there with us. He came down for a photo because he bought he, he did a sausage, lamb sausage roll, and uh, he he came down for a photo with his daughter Ash, who's also a butcher, and um, they're like fourth generation Melbourne butchers. Anyway, um, they stayed for the whole time and like yelled like got people to come over and like help sell them. And it was, yeah, so it was me and Kylie and um, Ash and Gary. And it was quite an amazing experience. Actually, I was exhausted after it. But um, I bet you. Were. Yeah, and then. We decided to do it on the Thursday, and then it was the following Saturday, so not the yeah Saturday week from that that day. So I believe an army of Melbourne Hospo people turned up at Ripponlea to support you. There were some big names there, wasn't there? Yeah, there was. You know, we had uh, Morgan McLone from Bellsot Chicken. Um, you know, he's a Kiwi fella. Um, yep. We had Dave Verheel from Embla, Dave Pride mm. of Wellington, of course. Mm. Um, Andrew McConnell. Um, we had Joe Barrett and Matt Stone from um, Oak Ridge. Uh, Phil Wood, another Kiwi and a uh, Christchurch man um, from Point Leo. Mm-hmm. Um, we had uh, Kate Reed from Loon. Um, Neil Neil Perry uh, flew in um, at like got some like four a.m. flight to to um, from Sydney to make it, um, and then flew straight out afterwards. Um, Shannon Martinez. Um, was there um, Mia and Mike Russell from Back to Blue? Um, like I said, Gary and Ash McBean from Gary's Quality Meats. We had uh, Daniel Wilson as a Kiwi as well. Uh, we had Peter Gunn, um, who used to work for me here, another Kiwi. Um, we had a heap of other friends doing bits and pieces like um, Market Lane. Uh, we're doing coffee and garage projects. Um, donated a bunch of the collaboration beer that we did with them, and and we had um, Alicia Henderson, who's a um, who's a uh, a baker do biscuits, and um, we had Hamish uh, Blake and Zoe Foster Blake. Um, Hamish is a, a television personality here and a good friend, um, and they have a house in uh, Wanaka. Um, and they came and sell, sold hugs for more money than I was selling them for <laughs> as well. So, um, so um, it was a really great group, and and, and of course, all of those people bought people, and it was about, and then you know, many of our staff volunteered. So we had about. I reckon we had about 70 people, 75 Gosh. people working in the restaurant. <laughs> and um, It's a little mini festival we, um, almost. It was almost, you know, and before it, you know, we were all sort of set, we were all set up. And, um, no, I wanted to say a few words to everybody before we got started. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, it was very difficult um, to speak to everybody mm. because mm. emotions were so high. Yeah. Um, and um, we, you know, I said a few words and talked about, you know, how it's our responsibility to basically um, to just call out bullshit when we see it. And uh, that was the general, the general message, I suppose, was that if I had any regrets and they were around not being strong enough with um, people when I heard bigotry, you know, I never said it myself, but that I didn't condemn them to the fullest degree, you know, or I didn't, you didn't call it to, when you saw uh, it. I, I didn't call it enough. Mm. You know, I've always, mm. see, I've always called it, but I didn't call it enough or I didn't try to change their mind, um, you know, or include them perhaps as um, Jacinta, so I'll put it, but, mm. um, so I just, you know, I said, you know, everybody here is a leader in their community and they all have, we all have a responsibility to do that. And, um, and then we, uh, and then we played uh, the corny, 
<laughs> but um, I took a bit of a vote around the Kiwis about what song we should listen to before we got started, and uh, and it was Dave Dobbins' Loyal. Of course. So we listened to that, that song. Um, I mean, there wasn't a dry uh, eye in the room by then. Oh, gosh. No, no. It was, yeah. Oh, um, that's amazing. And we had a minute of silence, um, and then we <coughs> the doors. So it was, um, and <coughs> there was uh, we had no no idea about the, the amount of people that would come. It was just insane. Was it? What, how, how many I, people did you get through the doors in the end? Do you have a well, count? We don't know exactly, but we estimate between three and 4,000 people came. And, wow. Um, wow. It shut shut down the whole suburb uh, completely, yeah. We had a friend that tried to drive from her house to Hattica, um that morning. Um, normally the drive would take two minutes, and she was in traffic for... Um, 35 minutes and basically didn't make it. Um, it's just insane. Just you know, insane. just it, it was, mm. you couldn't believe the crowds. Obviously, these people were not there really about the bake sale. They were there for something much bigger than that, do you think? They were 100%. You know, I've done a lot of charity work and a lot of raised money for a lot of causes in my life, um, hundreds of thousands of dollars, and um, none of it has ever felt anything like this. You know, like, I often have, I'm conflicted about that work because um, sometimes it feels like, you know, they're there for me rather than for the cause. Yes, you know? and yeah. This time was, they were only there um, in support of New Zealand, mm, in support mm. of the greater Muslim community. And um, they were grieving, you know, like it was, um, yeah, it was really um, profoundly moving. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, incredible. What did you raise in the end? Um, so $51,380.70. Wow. And, and that was Australian dollars. And, um, and that was, um, through selling, you know, hot cost buns for $5 each or $4 each. And that was, you know, there was, uh, there was nothing expensive, you mm, know, the mm. most expensive thing was uh, $12. It was a, a mortgage. Like so insanely generous, you know, like, um, if a, if a coffee was $5, you know, a, a a lot of people were giving a $20 note and didn't want to change back. And, uh, wow. That's uh, quite an achievement. And, and the response from here watching what you were doing, people were just so blown away. So, yeah, thank you so much for, for everything that you did. It was just incredible, absolutely incredible. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and I did, you know, yeah, I just love the country so much. And, yeah, it broke my heart. It's kind of incredible how the power of food and sharing, what you can do through that, isn't it? It is, yeah, and you know there was this, this this huge queue, and after two hours we sold out everything, and um, we sold out a lot earlier than we thought we would. We didn't even know if we'd sell out, but mm. Andrew McConnell and I looked at the crowd, and there was still about a thousand people on the line, and uh, oh, wow. we were like, oh man, what are we? You know, I was literally, um, I was scared. You got to turn you them know, away. Like, well, come, it was the coldest um, March day on record in Melbourne. It was freezing and it was raining and um they'd stood out in the rain you know for all these hours some people have been standing out there for probably four hours oh and, gosh um and so we walked down the line to say we're really sorry that we've sold out and um everybody was like oh you know we're just grateful to be here here's a donation um thanks oh, for putting it incredible. um and the atmosphere in the community was just electric you know like this yeah, and we had, you know, this is a very, um, this is the biggest Jewish community um, in uh, Australia here and mm. probably in the Southern Hemisphere. Um, 
and and Jewish people have been through you know terrible things as we all know and so if anybody could relate to um, these sorts of attacks, I think it's the Jewish community and yeah. they they but they, we don't like always you know have such direct contact with them, particularly with Orthodox Jewish people. And it was wonderful to see people come out and say to us, "Wow, it's amazing what you've done." We felt we felt so loved today. We were walking back from you know the synagogue and people were like celebrating our culture and. And we felt so welcome. That bringing of cultures together, I think, is more than anything's the wonderful thing. Yeah, I just think, you know, it's always important to remind people that we're all humans, you know, that we're not different. We're all humans and um, we have differences and we should be able to celebrate our differences. We should be able to um, pray to whichever God that we we want to and not be harassed. Mm. And, you know, mm. we should be able to go to the synagogue and, and feel safe and comfortable. We should be able to go to you know, all the different schools that are in this area and feel safe and, and not feel threatened. And um, and I think, you know, it, it's, it's it's terrible that it takes such a tragedy as the Christchurch terrorist attacks to, for that to happen. But if there was one thing that, you know, that you could take from it, you know, if you have to look for something positive, then it's, then it's that, that, you know, sense of community. And I think my sense of community in the last few years have been shaken as well. Mm. Um because I'd start, I'd, you know, I began to, you know, examine um, much more closely um, First Nations culture in Australia, and um, I have a lot of Aboriginal friends, and some of the stories that I've heard from them about the injustices to their people and daily injustices um, in the country that I live in had really made me just mad beyond. Um, anything almost to the point where I had enough you know it's it's hard isn't it when you get to that stage and you start to feel the helplessness of not being able to fix it you kind of don't know where to go from there yeah yeah no and it's just um you know and yeah so anyway that was a a subject we've talked about that a bit already so Mm. thankfully to your magazine which has been one of the only magazines only public to be brave enough to publish something on um on um, cultural procreation, First Nations. Um, We're all quite proud of that, and I you think you should be very proud yeah. of that. Yeah, and it needed no, to not be a tokenistic it's... thing, which where everything just seems so tokenistic when you're having that conversation. Oh, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. You know, yeah, no, and um, and that just wouldn't be published here. You know, would not be published here. Yeah, no. No, Max did a fantastic job and all of you guys were just terrific. So we're very, very proud of that. All right, Ben. Well, look, thank you. And um, I think by the sound of that, all those people that were in that queue, that might be your calling for the next one so that you can make sure that they get a a scone or a sausage roll. Yeah, exactly. We need to make more food next time. New Zealand flavour. And a big thanks to Ben for wearing his heart on a sleeve there. Pretty amazing stuff, huh? Back in Christchurch, I caught up with Simo Abari, a much-loved local chef and restaurateur who arrived in New Zealand from Morocco in 1994. He went on to work his way up from the kitchen of the original Millennium Hotel in Christchurch to opening New Zealand's first Moroccan restaurant. Simo now works as an executive consultant chef and runs bistro and cafe Chez Simo. He spent the weeks following the attacks making and delivering halal food to the wounded and their families at the hospital, as well as keeping the doors of his cafe open to enable the community to gather, share and support. My philosophy, being as a human being, you've got to love to the people what you love to yourself. 
when the duty have called, we've got to be there. There are lots of people, lots of families need, need lots of food, uh, lots of even just sometimes just give them hug. You don't have to actually cook for them, just, just supporting them and giving time, talk to them and tell them that you are there for them. We are there for each other because without love, there's nothing, nothing that actually tastes bitter without love. For you, you were going through all of this, keeping the business open so that uh, the community could gather and also providing food for the victims' families um, at the hospital. And you had people within your own business that were affected as well? Uh, I have immediate... Uh, one, one of the shop, one of the businesses I have, I have my manager. He passed away, unfortunately. He's an Egyptian. I have a previous chef been uh, killed in the mosque uh, suppliers like one of the supplier the halal store mafco a doctor he's, he's been died the guy who supplied me vegetable he's been injured it took probably two weeks uh, but but i know probably very close friends eight died and probably another 20 injured and uh, we are in touch we are in contact with them we are checking on them and uh, we have a friend uh, a lady iraqi lady she lost her her son and she's a very close friend to me, and I, we, do, we do give a phone call, we make a, a food, uh, we cook for them. And I think this is part of a human being. If you want to be a human being, you've got to feel others. Otherwise, we, we just no, no need even. And you've got to be mentally fit. You, you, you ask me, Kelly, about how you manage to do this one. It's nothing to do with physics. If you are mentally fit, you can conquer the world. But if you are not mentally fit and you can absorb the pressure and you can handle anything and you can balance your life, you can do anything. I mean, if business fail, we can build the business. In the end of the day, we, we started the business. What's, what's actually stopping us from starting another one? But you have to accept the challenges. You have to uh, accept the overcome with it. You have to be there when people are needed the help because you don't want to be just uh, on a good time. You have to be on a good time and a bad time. That's what we call friendship. It's always when, the, when you get a bad call and you've got to be there. So this is the reality of life. You have to keep going. But something wonderful did happen uh, in those first few days after the attacks and a group of hospitality people reached out to you um, and said that they wanted to do something. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Well, uh, this is actually what we call, it's part of the Kiwiana. And I have been living here nearly 25, 26 years in here. I, uh, that's what I love about New Zealand. New Zealand is a community uh, uh, in, in the picture of nation. But it's in, in the end of the day, it's people. This is what I love really about New Zealanders' spirit. It's humble, dear for you. And I adapt this one from the plus of what I learned in my culture. And I, I knew... There's something need to be added. I knew that my friend just waiting for the call to be part of what, how can they help? Basic, the classic method we do, we could, we, we said, okay, can we put a dinner? But then we thought, these people, they don't actually need money. They really need to bring community together. And I start to think, well, well, how can we make this? Because now what we need, actually we are looking for love. And then I thought, wow, a food. Is actually love. And if I look into my childhood, loving with my mom, love with my family, so I've all been surrounded by food. Can I use or can I use this tool to bring love to my community? Can I really do it? And I start to just to think with myself, what is actually the meaning even for the family to be together in one place? Because it is a love. It is a love in each other. You wait for each other. You eat together. You get a moment to talk. And, and I thought, why can we not use this tool? Then I start to think, maybe food can actually fix this problem. 
maybe food rather than just giving money or just uh, uh, being with demons maybe actually we can actually sit down and say hey can we come and share uh, a moment and and share a piece of bread and then i found the idea is actually our philosophy or our belief when you share a piece of food with someone as soon as you put the same hand in the same bowl you no longer get enemies and i thought what a powerful message and a powerful idea we if we could use the food and you could use the cuisine and the culture to bring people together maybe more love than hate will achieve i passed it to my friend i explained it very clearly i said i'm not after a fancy corporate dinners getting the money we need to get the community involved everyone loved the idea and suddenly the name start coming johnny swash say yeah uh, uh, johnny swash tony smith Uh, Dan from the convention center, uh, Kelly come from the white tie, everyone, Ryan from uh, the Piscator, everyone start, hey, I can help. And I thought, wow. I knew that my friend that always with me because the culture we adapt and respect, I knew that here for me. But amazing, they couldn't actually delay. They say, yeah, Monday we're in. And this is how they're serious, they're how they're taking seriously, they're ready to help. And, and this is how the process of this one starts. The first concept we thought, which is to create a, a community festival, which is involve all the communities. It doesn't have to be Muslim. All the communities uh, come together and create a festival uh, uh, so we can experience our love of each other. We can meet each other and we can share the same idea, what I was thinking, to share food and bring the family together. We didn't find obstacle in the venues in the food supply, in the human resource, in, in the capacity of the volume of the serving this number of people. But but I have been told that even security may be an issue for an open venue. And I've been I've been having a con I've been having a message that police may not want us to be an open. Then we thought can we have it in a venue? And we decide on the venue like at the convention center or town hall. Then the challenge came to us, we are in the winter So we have put all those challenges together and say, okay, what means we can stop. We know we can stop at the challenge and we knew that here. How can we overcome the challenges? It's because this is still a raw uh, uh, happening in Christchurch, what's happening, the incident in the mosque. We'd love to go and celebrate with those people. We're asking everyone, doesn't matter your religion, your color, everything, come and celebrate, come and see who we are and we're going to bring the food as a tool. We are actually thinking, hey, we, we've got so many tools we can use. Can the food be the healing uh, tool for this nation? And I think it doesn't matter if we are far or too small or things. So New Zealand always shown the world the respect for many, many other uh, categories or other way of life. And I think we can show the people how to bring community together. We don't have to be big. We don't have to be a rich nation. We don't have to, but we have a good love. We have a good heart and I think we're going to heal our community. As this podcast went online, Simo and a bunch of very talented hospitality professionals in Christchurch had committed to serving around 1,500 people an Arabic and Islamic food buffet at the Children of Eid Festival on the 9th of June at the Christchurch Air Force Museum. In addition to this feast, on arrival, fresh dates and milk will be served to every visitor to the festival as a message of peace and forgiveness and new friendship. And that's it for this special episode of Cuisine Bites, where I hope we've given you just a small glimpse of what can be achieved when we all come to the table together. 
You can find us online at cuisine.co.nz or just search Cuisine Magazine for our social pages. I'm Kelly Brett and I hope you'll meet me back here very soon for the next episode of Cuisine Bites. We didn't know about each other. It's time now to learn from each other and share the moment and be one. But the slogan is mini community, one nation. So the job is never going to be finished.